college at Clarion University, I dated a young lady. We dated for a while, then we stopped dating. And it wasn't until recent I found out that she gave birth nine months after our last date. She gave birth to a baby boy. After college, he had many, many options, but he decided that he was gonna pursue his dream of becoming a WWE superstar. So I'd like to introduce to you the newest member of Raw, my son. You may know him as Jason Jordan. Corey, you've known about this all along, haven't you? I've known Jason since our days in NXT, and we've become very good friends. Jason's been confiding in me, and I appreciate his friendship. I'm happy for both Jason and Kurt, and I'm glad I could be helpful to them in some way. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another episode of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. It's a wrestling podcast, another wrestling podcast. It's called Top Marks. I'm Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, Scott is... Dawson from uh, The Revival. What? Ah, no, it's me, Josh <laughs> Custodio. Sorry to let you down. Yeah, your promo skills are pretty good, but, but they're not on the level of uh, Scott Dawson, I don't think. Where's my facial hair relative to his? Uh, you're you're more of a Dash Wilder, I'd say, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, <laughs> oh. overall, but that's just because I'm the Scott Dawson. Oh, Scott son of Marks. a bitch, you are the Scott Dawson. <laughs> Wait, who are you if you're someone in the WWE? Uh, well, Kevin Owens, obviously. Nah, he's a I mean guy. Like, you're yeah. like a nice, a nice guy. Uh, but like he's he's like mean the way that like I might be mean on the inside. You know what I mean? Okay, like he really loves like his family. He's looking still. out for number one, right? Okay. Yeah. So he's like he's got his niceness on the inside. Yeah. And I've got my niceness on the outside. Okay. My meanness is on the inside. So o you're like overall we're the same. Okay, I see. So it <laughs> equals out to a person who is medium nice? Uh yeah, something like that. So what does that make me? Uh maybe Mr. Perfect? <laughs> something Someone like him, maybe? Uh, like the Miz, perhaps? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, my name is Josh Custodio. This is not Scott Dawson. And like you said, Justin Morissette, this is Top Marks, another wrestling podcast. Uh, the show where every week we go through the three hottest topics in the wrestling world. We talk about them for how long? 15 minutes this at a maximum. At an absolute maximum. Uh, and I think, boy, this, this week, if I'm being honest, has a big show feel. I, I feel like this is... This is already our best one yet, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, something like that. We haven't brought up 9-11. Yeah, uh, I mean, you just did. Well, I mean, but later than usually, our usual discussions where 9-11 is like the first thing we bring uh, of up. Of course, of course. <laughs> where were you when every, the towers every fell? Every single week, yeah. Remember when the towers fell? What come, What came after that? John Cena. Yeah, obviously John Cena, yeah, of John course. Cena. <laughs> uh, we have three rounds, as always, uh, Justin. Do you want to know what they are? Um, yeah, you know, I feel like it would be wrong to keep them a mystery from me. Yeah. And probably wrong to keep them a mystery from the listeners as well. Unlike Kurt Angle, I'm not a man of mystery. Yeah, I, we're not uh, going to tease this out over weeks no. and weeks. Speaking of Kurt Angle, yes. listeners of the show already knew Jason Jordan was the son because I called it last week you on did. this show. You did. I didn't really 
uh, delve a lot into like debating it with you. No, it's true. Because your guests seemed so wildly far fetched mm. uh, that it was like I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. And then, but clearly Titus was listening again. <laughs> Son of a bitch, he's <laughs> always he ran, listening. He ran to Vince and he said, "Boss, I got something." Oh man, he's always got something. <laughs> the same way he gets Tazawa title shots, he gets our ideas onto WWE television, which I very much appreciate. <laughs> yeah, though, uh, for someone who successfully booked a title shot already, Titus seemed very concerned yeah. about having to book a match with Arya Davari. He did seem he was weirdly like, get me Davari, and Titus was like. Oh, oh, no. Oh. How am I going to do that? <laughs> I'm going to have to really put on my negotiating pants for this one. I guess it's true, though. Like, it takes a lot to get Arya Davari matches on television. Yeah, that's probably so harder that than a title been a, match. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit more about Jason Jordan and uh, American Alpha's stilted run to where they are now. But that's going to be round number three. Working backwards, round number two. Uh, Justin, we went to two live wrestling events last week. One, uh, our local wrestling promotion, ECCW's big show, Ballroom Brawl. Which, of course, everybody tuned in to hear our big preview show a yeah, couple thank weeks ago. You, so man. it only feels right that we do a wrap-up on it as well. We're going to do a quick wrap-up, but to keep people interested who do not live in Vancouver, we're also tying it in with the NXT house show that we went to this week, which was great as well. I yeah, thought. and I mean, we predicted on the podcast that Aleister Black would steal the show. Yeah. I think it's safe to say Aleister Black stole the show. But we'll get more into more that because I disagree. about that a little bit and in round one right off the top we're going to preview sunday's uh, smackdown exclusive pay-per-view event battleground and josh this is definitely a pay-per-view that needs previewing yeah uh, Be- because i mean we do all despite the fact that we watch all of the tv every week just everything and we didn't even talk about smackdown last week on the show but we did watch it just in case something happened that needed to yeah. be discussed we record uh, this podcast after we watch smackdown exactly so if anything it should be fresher in our minds uh but still having watched tonight which was smackdown's go home show i still am not quite sure what all of the matches are on this pay-per-view. Well, so. Luckily, I will be able to run those down for you because I have them in my show notes. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, I guess let's just start it off right away with round number one. Round one. Fight. Hey, Justin, I got to ask you a, a burning question off the top of my head. Shoot. We're very good friends. That's not a question. The question is, <laughs> have you ever been to war? Uh, No, never. Boy, well then, I have the next. I feel best. like as a, as good friends, that would have come up before. Well, that's why I had to establish. I'd, I'd be like Josh when I was in <laughs> Afghanistan, and you'd be like, "What?" <laughs> I think I think I would have been more surprised by Nam. Oh yeah, yeah, that would have gotten a real what? I mean, I'm, I feel old this week. I just turned thirty, Happy but birthday, I'm not man. that yeah. old. We had a cake. We had a great weekend. That yeah, we watched Raw on my birthday. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I got you a cake. Kurt Angle got me a great gift, too, that we'll talk about later on. Jumping way ahead. The reason I ask you've been to war... Can you put this together? Why am I asking if you've been to war, Justin? Because they're fighting for flags. Because there's a battleground oh, on Sunday. Oh, right, right, right. That, uh, too. And what a battleground it is. I, I think, as I was writing out the, the card this week, that this... There's some things I want to see on this card. Um, after just watching SmackDown, is there anything that, without looking at the list, jumps off that is must-see to you? Uh, I think Sami Zayn versus Mike Kanellis is something that I'm really yeah. looking forward to. I'm assuming they're going to do a rematch. Yeah, I, I At ha- this point, it hasn't been announced, but we got the match tonight. And, I have to assume. And I've been into this weird feud over the last couple of weeks, even though it hasn't really gotten a lot of time. I think <laughs> like part of the criticism for debuting Maria and Mike at the last pay-per-view was that they weren't even on the show that followed. 
the right. pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, SmackDown is an hour and 20 minutes. So, like, sometimes it is difficult to fit everything in. And even though they've had to, like, shoehorn the Canellises or the Canelli or whatever you want to <laughs> oh, call them. Canelli is good. Uh, onto the show uh, a couple times. They've done it in, like, really cleverly entertaining ways. Yeah, they feel new. I'm watching. And, I'm interested. And, and the way that this feud with Sami Zayn has developed out of those moments mm-hmm. with like, oh, it's a tight show. Sorry, we gotta go. Which means Sami's just gonna interrupt you. Like, <laughs> the greatest. It's, the greatest. It feels like it's been born out of something organically mm-hmm. because Zayn has interrupted their television segments to move on to the next match. Uh, which is like the booking of the TV <laughs> show is creating friction among its stars, which is good. It's like, hilarious. I, yeah. I like it. It's very meta. And I have been really enjoyed uh, Maria and Mike's performances, particularly over the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Can we like, talk about how hilarious it is that being in love is a heel gimmick? Yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> like, ah, look at these scumbags that are really but into each like other. But they're like beautiful people who are canoodling in public. For sure. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. kind of heelish. It is heelish. Yeah. Um, I agree, Fucking actually. Show-offs. Yeah, hey, look at me. I'm miserable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not in love. Exactly. Um, I, but I, I am into that feud. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm into the rest of the matches, too, but the feuds in general feel very cool. Yeah, uh, This I agree. is a pay-per-view where if you didn't tell me that there was a pay-per-view this Sunday, I probably wouldn't remember. To be clear, for cool, you don't mean, like, sunglasses. You I mean, mean like, like cold. cold. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel the same that... Raw has very much been the A show for me lately, where for multitude of reasons we talk about it's uh, that really was a transition that started right when we started doing this podcast. It's really basically. true, um, but yeah, I too share the excitement for that match. How, how do you feel about the the return of the Punjabi prison? Um, well, I was never around during the original. Oh, okay. but you and I have gone back on the network and watched it. We yeah. were watching the uh, Batista, the Batista collection on the network, yeah, which yeah, included yeah. the Punjabi prison match against Kali. Uh, Kali is terrible. <laughs> He's probably the worst wrestler I've ever seen. Oh, no. Uh, the Bastion Bugger. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Kali is... Uh, I love when people are like, Kali, he can't even wrestle. I'm like... Man, can't even wrestle. Doesn't even come to mind for me. He, like, can't even move. Yeah, like he is damn near <laughs> he immobile. Speak. Yeah, he cannot walk. <laughs> he, he got side because he like exists as big. Yeah, like this is the great Kali. Yeah, but I I feel bad for him too. It's like like Andre also. Like people just get that large and their bodies cannot sustain the weight of themselves. Yeah, that's tail end Andre. Peak Andre could could go. Yeah, yeah, of well, course, but, of course, but. Maybe but just Kali like giants too. in general, like like even Yao Ming, like yeah. his bones literally were collapsing under jumping under the weight of being that large. That is sad. It is extremely <laughs> sad. Yeah, it's a downer podcast. Uh, no love, nine eleven. <laughs> giants die early. Uh, but uh, you know, even having said that, the match was terrible. It had a really cool spot at the end. The Batista, with Batista leap. like leaping yeah. from cage to cage. Yeah. But the whole gimmick seems like a mess to me. It's like too much. You can't get a good camera angle at it. Yeah, the uh, four doors where you have to signal to the ref. Yeah. This all said, okay, yeah. and I think this feud is the definition of cool. As much as I was into Jinder's run, I'm right still now, into Jinder, and I'm still into Randy. I'm, I'm not just done right seeing now. them together. It's uh, I've never been into Randy and the Jinder. It's all I'm just ready for them both to move on. 
But I'm weirdly excited just to see the fucking Punjabi prison. Yeah. <laughs> like, as dumb oh, as it, it is. Oh, it was thrilling to see it tonight. <laughs> Look, I totally recognize that as a match, it isn't good. For a camera, it isn't good. I don't especially like the competitors. But for some reason, I'm, like, minorly into this on Sunday. The whole thing with the doors is completely superfluous because, like, <laughs> they can only be open for 60 seconds. And once they're shut, they will never open again. Never. Or if you're a Bollywood boy, they will never happen. Yeah, they ever. never happen again. Never. You can't happen. Let things happen. Yeah, it will never happen for you. Let That's like Marie's. Happen never after. <laughs> um, but regardless, the doors thing, it's like nobody ever goes through them anyways. No. So they just you're just shutting off. You're just giving yourself like a little four-minute countdown of being in the ring and being like, hey, ref, open that door. And then you struggle to not go through the door, and then the door is sealed, and then you climb the cage. I even think It's like what if in a cage match there were all these little windows all over the cage and you could say hey ref open the window it's so annoying because i i would prefer it even if it was just 30 seconds the doors open because yeah. they, they're like it's only open for a minute yeah and the, the, that minute is it's always so dog shit because they're just grappling on the other side of the ring <laughs> to keep the other guy from going out the door it like Very it's bad. literally like a time killer stipulation <laughs> within the match. It's like what can we do to make this otherwise twelve minute match closer to twenty minutes? We'll add four minutes if I try to open and close four doors. <laughs> exactly. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> it is really dumb. But it is like a cool looking structure. Yeah. And, and it is uh one of the only stipulations that uh, you know, uh WWE has ever introduced that is like specifically for India. And yeah. An, an Indian thing. Even though I highly doubt a Punjabi prison has any basis in reality. No, no, that's what jails are in India. Oh, really? Yeah. Just a bunch of bamboo? You have to call, the prison guard will open the door for 60 <laughs> seconds, but then he gets to call the yeah, other guards. But there's other prisoners who are like, you can't get out. <laughs> that's right. But yeah. the problem is, if you attempt it, You're it stuck don't. in here with me. Well, and if you don't make it, the door's yeah, shut forever. Exactly. So what are you exactly. going to do then? If you go to jail in India, you have four opportunities to get out for <laughs> that's, free. That's right. Right. Yeah. That's 100% true. <laughs> yeah, so I'm mildly excited for it. The rarity of that uh, stipulation makes it somewhat entertaining. And I, I'm just excited because we know it's the blow-off. Yeah. We want both of these guys to go on to different things. That's uh, right. Gender in particular. I don't know who he's going to face as champion at SummerSlam. Yeah, but, I don't know. Uh, I'm excited to see him get like a big marquee match at one of the huge events of the year. If him and Cena both win this year, I could see them doing him and Cena to some. Maybe that's too quick. Yeah, I, I mean, don't that would that would also be seen as like record breaking title win. Yeah, so yeah. So that might be a bit soon on that. Yeah, it might be soon. I don't I, know if they're trying to make SummerSlam a bigger deal. I, I it just seems see like it. if they are holding off, like you know, there's not a lot of things that you can hold off on for Cena right now, like yeah. Roman Reigns. Yep. And that 16th title feud. But he's basically said that, like, uh, you know, the the next year or so is, like, wrapping up for him. Yeah. So you kind of have to get that shit in pretty quick here. I just think that breaking the record as most title wins ever is something that should be, like, one of his final, like, a farewell moment. Yeah, that I, I do agree with. They could still do the match and have gender win. That's true. Noting. That is um, true. Yeah, that's not something that I ever considered. They, they should know. definitely get John a couple. Cena facing a new heel. Yeah, go, go figure. <laughs> uh, speaking of the hustling one, uh, are you into him and Rusev right now? Uh, I was on July 4th. On July 18th, I'm not. Yeah, I feel this, the same. You know, we made fun of him bringing up 9-11 and blah, blah, blah during that whole spiel tonight. It's also hokey. Well, the whole... 
promo felt like rote. Yeah. It felt like tired American John Cena, this version of the character that I've seen so many times before, in a feud that I've seen before, in a match that I've seen before. Like, yeah. they've literally had a flag match between the two of them before, also. Have they? Yes. Have for they sure. had a flag match? They uh, had that, actually, no. They Rusev had, had it against match. Mark Henry. Yeah. Rusev had a Mark Henry flag match. Oh, man. The god Mark Henry. Uh, I love when Mark Henry won that. Apparently. Uh, there's a report today. So he's transitioning into a behind-the-scenes role. Oh, buddy, are you gonna fall for you, this you again? Give him one last. Oh, he's got a lot left up. in the tank. Ah, uh, yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't listen to the dirt sheets on that. <laughs> do you think uh, Cena's beating Rusev? I certainly do. I do as well. Uh, because you're not gonna have John Cena not wave the American flag. Yeah, it, it's weird to me that uh, Rusev's girlfriend Lana is in this five-way, but it's not addressed at all that oh, she still wife? knows Rusev. Well, it, on screen, I think they're... Are they girlfriend-boyfriend? Uh, I guess that's never been... Uh, yeah, I don't think never it's acknowledged s- the marriage. I don't think so. He got buried because Oh, they, no, they did because Roman because interrupted. Because reality acknowledged the marriage. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's Roman true. came in and was like, oh, you're disappointed. That is true. They are right. married in kayfabe, too. Uh, I don't think um, Lana's winning this five-way. Do you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Unless she gets help from Tamina. But I'm sick of seeing Lana... Get title shots. I don't yeah. want to see Lana and Naomi ever again in my entire life. Do you want to see Lana wrestle again in your life? Yes, if she continues to train and gets better. Yeah. Uh, like, in her current state, she should not be having more television yeah, She matches. needs to not be on TV right now. Uh, who do you have winning it? Uh, I think probably Charlotte. Yeah, I got back. Or uh, Natalia. Really? Yeah. yeah, that might be a good choice, too. Just a heel going. Charlotte's already babyface. I feel like they might want to save that one a little bit. It is, just, a heel. it is just like a marquee match, though, because like at this point, uh, it sounds like they want SummerSlam to be huge, like yeah. on the level of a WrestleMania, and who's the biggest possible opponent? Probably Charlotte. It is probably Charlotte, And it yeah. seems like, from Twitter anyways, not to tip my hat that I might know anything about Sunday Night Tweet this week, but oh, Becky no. Lynch seems destined for some sort of altercation with Chris Cyborg at SummerSlam. Well, so. I, I would know nothing about that. Oh, okay. I would know nothing about that. Uh, I think Owens and AJ are going to, d- to give us another good match, don't you? Yeah, but I also feel like doing the title change at a house show has like taken away from the excitement of this pay-per-view match. Yeah, yeah. Because it feels like we now know that Owens is for sure going to lose because... <laughs> Why would they put it on the AJ just, show? It seemed like the excuse of doing it early was so that this match could like free up uh, AJ from Owens' like rematch clause and give him a new uh, potentially Japanese opponent for SummerSlam. Oh, uh, you thinking... Uh... Oh, Hideo gets called yeah, up. I exactly, see where you're going with exactly. this. Yeah. Okay, go to sleep, AJ. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting, yeah. interesting booking, Justin. <laughs> don't don't ever say I don't know you. Uh, yeah, uh, or Kota Ibushi might pop in just for I like a one that. a one night only contract. Shoot some Roman candles yeah. at his AJ ass. Styles will be like, I've already beaten everyone for this United States title, <laughs> even though he's only done like two open <laughs> challenges. There's no one left for me. And then general manager Daniel Bryan will be like, I've scoured the world looking for competition <laughs> and found this man for you. And then they'll throw to the video screen and it'll be Kota Ibushi in the <laughs> on the Videotron being like, I will come for 
for you. Wait, why, why does he sound like Shinsuke Nakamura? Oh, I don't know. Oh, no reason. Kind of, <laughs> uh, Shinsuke's wrestling Baron Corbin. This is probably weirdly what I'm most excited for on yeah, the show. Yeah, I think it'll be a good match, and it's also a match that we've seen teased over the last month but haven't actually seen. Yeah. Whereas AJ and Owens, I feel like we've seen a lot now. I think there's a lot of reason to think this could be a pretty brutal match, too, in terms of them just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, it depends if... Uh, Nakamura actually feels like getting up for this one, you know. Yeah, like, that has been the that's and, an accurate and, and criticism. I, and I did complain when you started saying that about him because yeah. I've loved Nakamura all along, but it is weird how quickly he's started to feel like just a regular character happens very quickly, as opposed to like a marquee talent, which the, is what he should be. Yeah, I and I do think that is what he and should. NXT be. kind of held him at that higher level for a longer, definitely period, a much definitely. longer period than SmackDown was able to. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Usos retaining the belt, New Day getting them. I mm. think they go to New Day here. Yeah, I'm, if not here, then at SummerSlam. I'm, yeah. I'm really enjoying this feud. This actually does seem like something that you can drag on for another month. Yep. Uh, but then how do you uh, do that without a dissatisfying finish like we got last month? Because the match last month Barn was really good Barn until the Usos just walked out. And the feud has only gotten better since then. I loved that rap battle yep. a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, you know, I don't... I, yeah, I'll pick the Usos to retain... On this one, but I do really like the matchup. Do you have any idea who the fashion police are going to be facing? I have no clue. doesn't seem like there are any tag teams left like, possible. By process of elimination, you can really only say hype bros, but that yeah. doesn't really even make all that much sense. Yeah, and they've already interrogated them, and there's seeds of dissent among the two of those guys. Yeah. So unless they're debuting somebody new, that's always possible, I guess. It's I just guess. like, who's even on SmackDown that's not on this card? What about, is it Epico and Primo? Uh, yeah, it could be. Could be them. Could be. They were teased early and then dropped, so yeah. they could come back to that. But I like having this mystery angle. It's exciting. Like, tonight's X-Files thing was awesome, and I can't wait to tune in. Did we get to all the matches there? We didn't get to Aiden English and Ty Dillinger. That's a real match? That's yeah, a real pre-show stopper. All right. Well, we probably won't talk about it next week either, because it's <laughs> on the pre-show. And with that, we'll go to round number two. Round two. Fight. Justin, what does NXT stand for? Uh, new extreme talent. Uh, yes, I've never thought of this before. I, it's just next, right? Yeah. That's the thing like the next crop of people. It's the next wave. Yeah. So why not just call it next? Uh, because NXT sounds cooler. It does sound cooler. It sounds like an acronym, even though it's not. I'm gonna say it's new extreme talent. Yeah. Yeah, that like you have to do the X just as extreme, yeah, exactly. like an Xavier situation. Exactly. Uh, but I'm into it. Uh, so we went to the uh, NXT house show here in Vancouver last we week. We did. It was on Thursday night. It kicked off their wave of uh, Pacific Northwest shows. They also played Seattle and Portland not long after us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was I I had high hopes for the show. Me too. Well, just because I was hoping to see some talent. That unfortunately we did not get to see. Johnny, Who did we not get? Johnny to see? Gargano was yep. not at the show, uh, and neither was Kyle O'Reilly. I was really hoping for Kyle, I, O'Reilly. and I was really hoping that they would do that because he premiered on the TV tapings the night before. <sighs> and I know that some friends of ours uh, have said, "Well, they're not going to put talent on a house show that hasn't even been on TV." Those yet. guys are no longer my friends. Uh, which is the same thing with Gargano, really, because he came back on those previous tapings yeah. as well. But I just feel like if you have the talent available to you, uh, use them. Especially in their hometown. Johnny Wrestling would have gotten a massive pop 
out of that crowd, and I would have loved to see him wrestle literally anyone. Kylo O'Reilly would have blown and the yeah, roof off and that yeah, place. And yeah, Kylo O'Reilly in his hometown would have, uh, yeah, it would have been a monster pop. The guys in our section might have stopped doing stupid chants for like 10 seconds. Yeah. Holy shit, wrestling crowds. Get your shit together. Yeah, that was, I mean, we talked about this a little bit uh, with Nicole Matthews a couple weeks ago when That's I talked right. about going out uh, to Cloverdale and not really enjoying the crowd experience there. There was definitely some of that at the NXT show at the Agrodome. There's no question. It made it very difficult to invest in the women's matches, which were actually quite good. Uh, I thought, uh, yeah, very good. When so much of our section was just like yelling horrifically sexist things yeah and the women they were not very, the entire night they weren't very dissuaded by us stopping <laughs> it it's, it's tough but uh i use the word for this nxt house show inconsistent what do you think about that that's probably accurate i was kind of into most of the show but i was really hoping that we were going to get like a drew mcintyre bobby root nxt title match or yeah. something like that uh, and we didn't. We got a tag match with the two top baby faces against the two top heels. That and was my match of the night, the Authors of Pain versus Heavy Machinery. I enjoyed that more than anything else. <laughs> That's not what I was talking about. What were you talking I about? I was talking about Bobby Roode tagging it with oh, right. Andrade Cien Almas <laughs> against Roderick Strong and Drew McIntyre. And because our main event was a tag team match against between two groups that are not actual tag teams... I wasn't super into it. Like, that's what they put on TV on, like, a SmackDown every single week. Who stood out But I out feel like you? when I go to a house show, it should have more of, like, a big show feel. It does need a big show feel, like Top Marks. Exactly. Uh, l- like me, were you sort of taken with Drew McIntyre? Uh, yeah. I thought he had a big-time star quality about yeah. him in person that I have never seen come across on television. I, I couldn't agree more. The sheer size of him it's as a, a human being. Dude. And now, granted, we should mention the fact that, Josh, you and I initially were not planning on going to this show. No. We bought last-minute tickets, Terrible. and they were like the cheapest of the cheap seats, to such an extent that when we got to the <laughs> arena, they told us that the section that we had bought tickets in was actually closed because <laughs> the sight lines turned out to be so awful. You couldn't see the screen. You couldn't see the screen. You could barely... I mean, you could see the ring, so that wasn't a problem. But like any video stuff that they were going to do was just going to completely evade us through the night. Yeah. I don't know if it was the sight lines. I don't know if it was just that it hadn't sold very much, but they decided to close our section. And as a result, you and I got bumped up from $30 tickets to $110 floor seat tickets for free. It was amazing. For absolutely nothing. It was amazing. And it was spectacular. And we were right next to the ramp. We got to see everybody come out. I, in fact, fist bumped Roderick Strong during that main event or afterwards. Yeah, I felt like Asuka and I made eye contact. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. She looked right at me. I felt that way, yeah. yeah Through yeah. the mask, though. Well, I mean, you know, who could tell? <laughs> I just, I felt scared. Oh, man. Powerful Asuka. Uh, but yeah, we were close to the action and, and thus had, like, you know, couldn't have been any closer to Drew McIntyre to no. see how big he actually is in real life. And, and like guys, say, a real star power. And yeah. Awesome ring work. And I've never seen that, what, even on when he was IC champ here on NXT. It's just it's funny, though, to look at all three guys from Three Man Band now. Bizarre. And where they're at. It's bizarre. And that they're still around and kicking in WWE in some capacity. Yeah. All uh, doing much better than yeah. when they're at Three Man Band. Exactly. It's wild. Uh, my but, guy, uh, Aleister Black. Yeah, that was the standout for me. Yeah, he was... Uh, 
a guy who, in a completely different way than Drew McIntyre, not as overt a WWE star. And he was working against the Velveteen Dream, Patrick Clark. Yeah, who I thought was totally good. I was actually shocked at how good Patrick Clark yeah. was. Because I have not been into him on NXT TV hardly at all. It's really worth bringing up. And he did this kind of, uh, like, uh, standing fireman's carry drop yep. as his finishing move, where he basically does a full flip. From like has the guy on his shoulders and then drops him flat back to the mat, but Patrick Clark stays holding him the entire time and basically does like uh, uh, fucking uh, full flip. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Jeff Cobb, uh, Matanza, and Lucha Underground also does that spot, and it's always just like, what? Like Jeff who Cobb is, is Matanza? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, man, I should not have to do that no, to that's you. Cool, that's cool. I'm no, glad to know awful. that. I'm glad to know that. Oh, man, that makes Jeff Cobb even cooler Yeah, to Jeff me. Cobb's super cool. Yeah. I just know him as a guy who's like well-known on the indies who's come to Vancouver a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah we've seen him a couple times. Wrestle Del Fantasma. Um, but yeah, I think Ulster Black has this tremendous sort of down-tempo charisma. Everything he does is very deliberate in ring. He's smooth. It's And uh, just for, again, a man of his size and stature, because he's about as big as it seems like Drew McIntyre, even though you're telling me that Aleister Black is a cruiserweight. And well, I don't be. want him to be, but they bill him at 205 pounds that's, on the show. That's wild, because he seems huge, and part of the coolest thing about him is how aerial his moveset is for someone his size. He hits that second rope moonsault just like constantly and it looks so good. And just even like the, the rolling flip he does into like his little... Crisscross applesauce pose there. I need in the to ring. stop you. I need to stop you here. Yeah. When he jumps into the ring, into that cross legged pose, never not dope. Yeah. It is the every crowd, time. The crowd lost its mind. Every time I'm like, that is so sick. Yeah. I love it. He's not even doing an offensive maneuver, and people are like, holy shit, look at this guy. Look at him getting the ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's awesome. He honestly, and I said this to you when we were at the show, that match ended, and I turned to you, and I said, this guy has to be in the running for best wrestler in the world. Yeah, you And you were like, that. you were like, oh, he can't even talk, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, I, did, I thought that was a, a bad Because he's like opinion. Dutch. Yeah, he's from whatever. the Netherlands. Yeah, Tommy End. Terrible soccer team. Uh, <laughs> fuck Robin, fuck Van Persie, the whole crowd. Uh, but, you know, I think he is totally rad in ring. Oh, yeah. I am so into all of his matches. What if I could meet you in the middle and say, well, I don't think he's like the best wrestler in the world. I think he's one of the most different guys who has a very unique non-wrestler Ex style. Extremely magnetic. Yeah, he is He is a new extreme talent. There's yeah, no question. I cannot, uh, I cannot not watch him when no. he's on screen uh, or in person. What else? Was there anything else we're talking about on that show? The, the, um, like I said, I love the tag match of Heavy Machinery and Authors of Pain. Yeah, Heavy Machinery and Authors of Pain had a fucking just absolute corker of a match. Yeah, that was, was my favorite. Really, of the really night. good. Uh, and we also, uh, you know, uh, I I really liked Iconic, honestly. Peyton Royce. Yeah. And uh, Billy Kay. They yeah. Were, they were really fun, even though, again, it was a good women's tag match because yeah. they took on uh, Ruby Riot and Ember Moon. And Ember Moon. So that's like. That's your next wave of women's talent coming up through Definitely. new extreme talent. <laughs> and they are all new and extremely talented. There's no question. And and it really did strike me how much Iconic has their characters just 
down yeah. the entire time from the entrance in the ring, the exit. It is. Which just made me feel even worse for them that they were just having to put up with like gross dudes yelling sit on my face for their well, entire match. And and it sucks because then that's their opinion of Vancouver. Like it yeah. fucking pisses me off. Like I, I don't know. And the whole arena, yeah. some of the chance. I mean, people get your shit together. When Especially you. when you are a fucking wrestler yourself. You should know better. You know who you are. Yeah, for real. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of not speaking of ECCW, here we go. <laughs> let's speak about ECCW. Ah, I love it. <laughs> uh, this past Saturday, they had their biannual, uh, their biggest event, Ballroom Brawl. We did a whole preview show for it. Thank you so much for listening. That episode did great numbers, and to all of you at ECCW who shared it, that's tremendous. Um, and we went to their show on Saturday. We did shell out for the front row for that as well, just to give an idea of our eye line. And uh, I was blown away. It was. I've been to every Ballroom Brawl since Ballroom Brawl 4. The same as me, except I missed the last one, 7. Um, and I'm very partial to Ballroom Brawl 4, if only because it was like my first uh, ECCW experience. Right. And, I, and it was also an excellent show. Uh, the, the main the event, main event fours, yeah. in particular, uh, the four-way between Nicole Matthews, Ethan HD, Billy Swade, and Artemis Spencer, Spencer was yeah. spectacular. But I will say that this most recent ECCW Ballroom Brawl was the best ever. Forget Just about even best right brawl. from the right from the very opening segment. They opened with the wedding between Scotty Mack and Christina Von Erich. Amazing. And of course that got uh, broken up in pro wrestling fashion, like I think we all knew it would, save yeah. for maybe Scotty and Christina themselves. Oh, man. By our dude Shreds coming out. Yeah, there. Shreds was even out there. Oh, uh, Shreds great guy. Though, you know, he did Come up to us in the front row a few times and just shake our hands and thank us for being there. And, Shreds, we know you listen. And, and I love you, and, man. <laughs> and talk to us uh, as human beings. And you know what? Protect the business, Shreds. Yeah, come Stay on. in character. Yeah, come Shreds, on, buddy. Come on, buddy. What, what are you doing? doing? What are you doing? Protect the Fed. Come on, bud. I loved it when he did that. <laughs> um, no, very nice guy. It, and it was awesome to see him get his moments where he just got to unload his TKO. Oh, my goodness. Again yeah. And what, again did he hit it three times? Again. Yeah, I think yeah, so. In the main event. And just, you know. He has really become like one of the top baby faces. Yeah, he's top two or three baby in ECCW. faces. Yeah. Probably, yeah, I'd say probably three behind Matthews uh, and Bird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you small potatoes did for me by saying that it's well, the best ballroom brawl you've ever been to. It's somewhere in the echelon of best live wrestling I've been to. I could not get enough of that show. Um, to anybody listening to this, I would highly encourage you, go check out yeah. your, your local wrestling. Support go. your local indie yeah, because you're going to have a great time. And without if question. you like wrestling on television, if you like WWE, I guarantee you your local indie has guys doing crazy shit for very small crowds yeah. all the time. Like once a month at the very least. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely worth supporting because that is where those guys you love on TV come from. Like even just with ECCW... You know, Daniel Bryan wrestled for ECCW. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch wrestled for ECCW. Natalia Neidhart wrestled for ECCW. Emma, Emma wrestled for ECCW. Yep. Uh, they even put photos of the two of them That's being right. ECCW Women's Champion side by side on Monday Night Raw a it's couple months ago. So cool. Which is wild. So cool. Um, so yeah, I think uh, to to surmise, we love going to live wrestling. We would encourage you to. If you're in the crowd, please God, just go with the show. Do not chat sexist and racist things. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Christina was also the person who answered uh, 
well, I guess she, it wasn't really like an open challenge so much as Nicole yeah. came out and openly challenged Christina specifically. Well, it was her wedding gift. Yeah, it was the wedding gift. Uh, Nicole came out and said, I got you something for your wedding. It's a shot at the ECCW title right here, right now. So I think if you listened to the show a couple weeks ago, did Nicole know who she was going to challenge, what she was going to do? She very well might have because she said she really, really wanted to have another match against a very capable woman. And she also said that if you had bleached blonde hair, it would be even better because the blood would show up all the more. Justin Morris that. Whoa! Who is a woman with bleached blonde hair? Christina Von Erie. That is exactly what we got. And to me, it was the match of the night. I thought those ladies were incredible. It turned into a street fight halfway through the match. <laughs> they went all over the Commodore. They may have even gone all the way out into the street. We hey, couldn't people see were from where we were yeah, sitting. Yeah, we tried. And... Uh, at one point, they went up and, and went to like the upper bar level, and then Christina got pushed off of the barricade yep. down to the floor and took a brutal-looking oh back bump goodness. in the process. It was awesome. It had a ton of great spots. There were a ton of uh, like scary moments where it looked like, because of this new street fight stipulation, that the numbers game was not going to favor Nicole, and she was not going to be able to pull it out, but... Uh, you know, it was just a great match. It was so a great event. Moments. And, yeah, just a great show. Andy Bird is an incredible wrestler. An incredible presence, too. Yeah. Him and... Uh, I think it says a lot that even the heels who came on to our show two weeks ago could not say anything bad about him. Yeah, they, they were like, the Andy is the best guy ever, yeah. but I'm still going to beat him I'm and take the, the title. Out of him. <laughs> There's, yeah, no one says that about Xavier Galaxy. Everyone, exactly. Everyone openly exactly. shits on But... We got to see our boy, Xavier Galaxy, compete oh my gosh. in the ring at the Commodore Ballroom and be a fucking nefarious asshole. Everything about that show was amazing. Go support your local indie wrestling. Just get out there and do the damn thing. Bring somebody who doesn't watch because it's a totally rad live event. And that's 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Which I think, Josh, takes us to uh, our little intermission game here. We're going to break it up between the rounds yeah. and play another edition of Sunday Night Tweet. Oh, man, Justin, I got to tell you something about Sunday Night Tweet. Sure, I got to tell you something. Shoot. The people love it, okay? Uh, my mother listened to the show last week. Uh, what? Yeah, she liked it, and uh, I'm counting her as all the people because that's all the feedback we got on last week. But two weeks ago, <laughs> people were all about Sunday Night Tweet. So the, the rules for those who have not listened before is I will read out a tweet from somebody on the active WWE roster, and Mr. Justin Morissette will have to guess who the tweeter in question is. Justin. Do you understand the rules? I am ready. Willing and Gable to participate. Oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, Tweet number one. So someone tweets to the tweeter in question. You in a wrestling ring. Yeah, bad combination. The tweeter in question replies, everything about you is a bad idea. Blocked. Uh, I'm going to guess just from the overall style of the tweet yeah. and then it ended with the exclamation blocked. That is my favorite tweeter, yeah. Kevin Owens. See, I picked this one to lead you down that road. What? Because it is not what? Kevin Owens! What? It is CJ Perry Lana! Oh, Lana <laughs> online again! <laughs> no LOL to give it Fuck. away! 
fuck? That is a classic Kevin Owens tweet. Uh, as soon as I saw it, I was like, this he, is Kevin Owens. He publicly blocks people like that constantly. It's so great. You trickster. Oh, my Oh, goodness. you Xavier Galaxy of a <laughs> Sunday Night Tweet Runner. Fuck. Tweet Not number fair. two. Not fair. There's nothing funny here, Justin. Okay. This one, I'm not joking around. Go for it. All this tweet says is, I love the strokes. They love the strokes. Someone on the active WWE the roster. Active roster. Who loves a band I love. Was around probably listening to music back in 2003 or so. <laughs> <laughs> Whose tastes haven't changed in 17 years? Okay, here, do you uh, want a hint on this one? Sure. <laughs> Do not guess someone who you would actually think <laughs> likes the drug. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with Seamus. Wow, that's a good guess because Seamus probably hates the strokes. But it is not Seamus. It is the fabulous one, Miss Money in the Bank. Carmella, Carmella loves the strokes. Oh, Carmella's cool as hell. Unless she meant like someone like like stroking her, maybe that's yeah. Big Cass, I don't is, you know. know. Yeah, Big Cass is working some magic there. there. You, you ready for the third tweet, Justin? <laughs> sure. Okay, I'm gonna read this one uh, just as written. Okay. Okay. Uh, I suspect this is in maybe reference to the Kurt Angle reveal on Monday. All right. To which the tweeter says, "I still don't ken who Madama is." <laughs> Would you like me to read that again? Mm, sure. I still don't can who Damada is. Uh, that is, of course, the Scottish Supernova. <laughs> it is the Scottish no Supernova. It is I no I would recognize those tweets anywhere. <laughs> he, uh, he don't can. <laughs> See, it's weird that, like, Michael Cole doesn't read these tweets on Raw. It is a little weird, isn't it? Yeah. I think, uh... <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the fourth tweet here, Justin. Okay. Much respect to Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, but the new cool kids are in town now at WWE. That is Scott Dawson. Gosh, how I wish it was. It is, in fact, someone who it makes no fucking sense for them to be tweeting this. It is none other than the new suit-wearing Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel? Telling me the Hardy Boys, hey, get out of here. Maybe he's auditioning to be the third top guy. Let's, he's got the facial hair for it. He does. He could pull it off. He could maybe be... Listen, the top guys can't be dragging his ass out. The top guys are at the top of their game. They yeah. don't need that bum. You know. I love Curtis Axel. <laughs> All right, final tweet. The Young Bucks tweet out. I think that there is a lot of comedy, though, to them doing a gimmick where... <laughs> Curtis Axel is the top guy. I don't know. Like, they're, they're just keeping him around as, like, an intern. <laughs> <laughs> He's still in the suit. Yeah. Why would he shit on the Hardys like that? I don't know. <laughs> the new cool kids are down. You're I should have known that it wouldn't be... A member of the revival, though, because why would they give respect to the Hardy Boys? Yeah, they wouldn't give much respect. It, it, I really, I'm really stuck on this because he isn't new or cool. Well, he's, uh, he's applying for his internship at the revival. <laughs> Top guy industries. <laughs> Here's the final tweet, Justin. Go for it. The young bucks tweet at the tweeter in question, who say, and they say, "Miss you, Dada." The tweeter in question goes, "Miss you too, son." Who is the the Young Bucks' father? Oh, uh, 
he had them pretty young. Like, I think he said he had Nick when he was six and <laughs> Matt when he was, like, eight Perfect. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And he is none other than the United States champion, AJ Styles. The phenomenal one! I got one this You got week. two! Oh, yeah, I did. You no, I'm Dar's just a dead giveaway, though. It feels unfair now. <laughs> unfair to you, whereas the rest of the questions are unfair to me. So I guess it balances it out. <laughs> and that was Sunday Night Tweet. Another <laughs> rousing edition. The people love it, The Josh. people, listen, it's the people segment. <laughs> Have you heard of The Rock before? Yeah, of course. He, he would love this segment because yeah, it's for the people. Absolutely. And we'll go from there into segment number three. Round three. Fight. <laughs> Justin, I assume uh, you have a father, right? Uh, so far as I know. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Morris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so your dad is not Kurt Angle. I mean, I'm not sure Thank that he's not. This is what I was sending home. Yeah. Do you uh, know who for sure we know is Kurt Angle's son now? Uh, yes, we do. Because we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Oh, was that the reveal to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason Jordan yeah. revealed on Monday Night Raw's. Uh, as Kurt Angle's son. Now, I've said this to you before we recorded, but especially as we watched the video package about it that played on SmackDown tonight before uh, the Chad Gable sit-down interview with Renee, where it seemed like both of them wanted to crack up laughing at the... <laughs> so, your tag team partner is Kurt Angle's son now. <laughs> it did and look they both trying. were like... <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Renee. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. The the video package that they put together for that kind of like really condensed the entire two month suspense mystery into maybe a fifteen second little blurb. Yeah. And part of that little packet was Kurt being like a disgrace to the WWE, going to ruin my career. <laughs> well, what am I going to do? So, a couple questions. It yeah. seemed like, I don't, like, was there a third-party source texting Kurt saying that I'm going to expose you for this? Was he being blackmailed? That's not how I take it. At the time, it was how I was taking it. Uh, well, but, if- but it seemed like he was just reading off of his phone, disgraced uh, to the WWE... <laughs> And, and, like, uh. nothing about those teases. Like, it seemed like a huge scandal. <laughs> They're teasing this massive thing that, like, my family will reject me. Everyone will go against me. The fans will turn their back on me. Yeah. I have brought shame to not just myself and my family, but this company and everyone who's associated with it. We were all being led to believe that this was something horrible that yeah. this was an atrocity or something some deep secret from his past this is something that he didn't even know about until like three weeks ago or whatever like you know like yeah this is the the build doesn't match the payoff well, because why why would anyone take this news as kurt angle is now a disgrace well, that he had a child that he never even knew about well, it's not like he purposefully suppressed this information and like Right. Did everything to avoid paying child support and like <laughs> this is a deep secret of his past that he's tried to keep buried. Like that is what we were teased with. And instead we're given a a resolution where no one is a villain coming out of it because our blackmailer is a mystery person who will probably never be revealed mm-hmm. and we get this feel good moment between a father and son. Well let me say this. I I would defend it only by saying that I know that in my it's life, it's just weird. It's a little weird, and I do. I will concede that the it doesn't 
the build doesn't match the payoff in some ways. But I will say that in my life, there have been times where this piece of information enters and it isn't as big once I put it out there, but I feel internal stress about it and feel like it's going to affect absolutely everything. So I don't feel like it's the biggest stretch. If somebody found out they have a son to be like, shit, this is going to affect my career. Are people going to view me the same? Maybe he's an egomaniac. He knows he's beloved as this one thing. And will that change in identity make me less beloved? My wife and kid's going to reject me for something I never knew about. I think that's somewhat understandable. I think it's crazy. Like, if, if, if I were married and my wife said, hey, I didn't know I had another kid, that changes the dynamic of the relationship. Yeah, but then would you be like, get the fuck out of here, wife? Yeah. <laughs> you would. I'm not ready to be a father. <laughs> You want me raising someone? How would the wife? How would a wife give birth to a child and not know about it? It has to be a man in this scenario. I don't know. There's, I have a pretty bad memory. (laughs) That's you ever have any of those jazz cigarettes? All Uh, of a sudden, you're every now and then you're you're forgetting all kinds of things. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot my wallet the other day leaving the house. That's fair. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, I left without my phone the other day. I had to run back in and get it, too. So that's not that much different than forgetting giving birth, in my opinion. (laughs) I guess. In my opinion. Um, So, Jess, I got to say something here. Yes, go. I'm not much of a Jason Jordan fan. Mm. I don't really like him. I think Chad Gable was always the guy in that tag team, uh, even though I think, and we can talk about this more, but I I don't know that I even think American Alpha is all that great of a tag team. But I, I don't have a lot of faith in this Jason Jordan, I suppose, singles push. Yeah, because he's never really been a singles wrestler ever before. It seems like everything that's cool about him is that he's just a really good hot tag. One of the best. And all of his like high spots were like Steiner Brothers combination offense. Yeah. So that was the best part of Alpha was when they would do the Steiner literal Brothers Steiner Brothers stuff. Yeah. Um so like we know that Chad Gable can be a good singles wrestler because we've already been teased with that on yeah. SmackDown over the last like three weeks, basically, mm-hmm. with singles matches against Owens and, and AJ. AJ Styles, both of which were great. Yeah, uh, those suplexes on Owens, especially, and even just him awesome. just answering the door and saying "Sammy Wow Wow" last week that worked really <laughs> well. <laughs> Sammy Wow Wow, he's great. I'm really into that. I love Chad Gable. Yeah, the sit down interview with Renee, a little bit stilted. I felt Ooh. yeah, but it's also having to in character address an angle that we right now are talking about as being ridiculous, you know? Well, I think it's a good angle. Okay. We we disagree. But but you're right. He obviously I I had maybe higher expectations for that sit-down interview because I thought he was like something of a personality, but maybe he's finding his legs even without Jordan by his side, even though it appeared to me that he was doing the heavy lifting in the promos. And also it's like difficult to have Renee just be like, "Well, what? Are you are you guys not a tag team anymore?" And he's like, I guess I don't. I yeah. don't know. I wish that side of things was being done a little bit better and clearer. Um, I was sad tonight on SmackDown that they didn't address. Okay, Jordan is on Raw, but here's because who we got, we got change. something in a trade. Exactly. It just yeah. makes them look dumb, and like the free agency of Cena doesn't matter because anyone can just come and go. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm really curious. even if it was just like as a consequence of signing Mike and Maria, we had to let someone go, and that's who Kurt Angle wanted. Yeah. I, do because, you think, like, I feel like you should introduce some sort of consequence for the signing of free agents over yeah. another show as well. Or at least explain what those parameters mean. Exactly. Um, which which they haven't done. So it's been a little bit bungled. I have a lot of hopes for Chad Gable being I, – I hope they don't put him on 205 Live, but I do have a lot of hopes for him being, you know, somebody who's a, a good singles wrestler and can have a really good career. Do you think He's Jason, an incredible technical wrestler and from a – 
skill standpoint alone. Oh yeah, he's definitely like someone who, <laughs> like in the Attitude Era, would be the European champion. right Definitely a hundred percent. That is a perfect <laughs> thing to say. Yes, one hundred percent. Um. So yeah, no, I I think his ceiling is high, and Jordan's. I don't really know. Like Jason Jordan seems like a nice guy. Like he's he's got good babyface appeal. I always loved American Alpha. You're going to tell me that they were never that good. It was always just the revival who made them great. And, I am going to say that. And you might be right about that because nothing makes a babyface likable more than a despicable heel you want to see them beat. Always true. Uh, What's but, their best match not including the revival? Or can you at least admit that there's nothing even close to the scale of what they did with the revival? Yeah, like maybe else? the Usos. <laughs> I, like, they can't really even think of any feuds that they had on this SmackDown. Is, even when they were the tag team title champions, like, they... They had the one with the Wyatts. They, yeah, they beat the Wyatts to get the belts, and yep. then they went into a feud with the Usos. But for the longest time, while they had the titles, they weren't even on TV for, like, two or three weeks at a time. Yep. Never nope. defended them. Weren't never. even in a program yep. until they lost the belts. Uh, I've never thought they were all that great. Uh, I've always thought, like I said, Chad Gable's going to be the breakout. Are you more optimistic about Jason Jordan's breakout appeal than I am? Uh, I, I don't know. We talked last week about being Kurt Angle's kid is not really a great Yeah, gimmick. what does that get you? Like, like for him to now be stuck with this forever. Is he going to come out next week and be like, it's true, it's damn true, I'm Kurt Angle's son? Like I, I think that dies a death if yeah. he becomes if Kurt, Ang- Kurt Diet Angle, Kurt Angle, two point Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. Well, is he going to start doing the angle slam now? This is these are the things I'm wondering. If he just becomes Diet Kurt Angle, I think that's just going to die a death, especially while Kurt Angle <laughs> is on the show. Uh, but if Kurt isn't going to be a wrestler, like we talked a lot last week about being excited for him to come back to the ring, if that doesn't happen. And like, don't you still want to see Kurt's famous spots? Like, wouldn't it would it be okay to see Jordan not take his gimmick, but at least like Do take some of his or something? ring work? Yeah, sure. Because I think, I think as a singles wrestler, Jason Jordan is going to need a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like, I can't even think of any moves that he does on his own other than just like running drop kicks. The drop kicks, right? Like that's what you think. Of. Yeah. Um. Any ideas of what you where you would put him for an entry program right now? Ooh boy, uh, on Raw. Yeah, I think Apollo Cruz makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I guess so. They're both just likable guys, though. Like, but Cruz is heel right now. Uh, is he though? It's is Titus heel? You know? Yeah, Titus didn't seem it very se- heel. It yesterday. seemed like they were going that way a little bit, and then it seems like they're different That's every a good week. Point. And even when he. Cruz was like quote unquote heel. It was really that he was just a nice guy going along for the ride with Titus. That's true. Um, he never like bought into the Titus brand like we did. Yeah. No so one's bought the like, Titus brand like we did. Jason have. Jordan versus Big Cass. See, I don't think they want to let either of those guys lose right now, though. Yeah. And they're too similar. Jason Jordan versus the Drifter. Yeah. Something the, like that. That could be Drifter really. The Drifter is going to get that blow off match with Balor. Yeah, uh, on Monday this week, and then as Balor heads into a feud with Bray Wyatt, he's got nothing really. Yeah, that that could well be. I think that's actually probably a pretty good call there. And I, I actually do like the Drifter, honestly. <laughs> oh boy! Like I, I started off just liking the gimmick, and then I really liked that match with Finn this a- week. And his match with Dean was good too. And I think his match with Finn next week will be just as good, if not better. Like I, 
I had n- no expectations for this guy as a ring worker or a performer coming out of NXT because I felt like the gimmick was already dead in NXT and that this guy was going to come up and be like the next, uh, fuck, what's his name? The party boy. Oh, um, a- Adam, Adam Rose. Rose. Yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. a shitty gimmick that is never going to translate. Sh- shouldn't have even worked before. How did the Adam Rose theme go? I don't even know. If there's like a part people would sing along to. I have no idea. Didn't that guy beat his wife? Uh, something like that. That's Domestic awful. violence. Yeah, let go. And that that was after he'd been on that E60 documentary that showed the behind the oh, scenes Oh, right, with thing. his sick kid. Yeah, his kid had this horrible <laughs> disease or like right. affliction that it was stuck with for life. What what's your overwhelming feeling of a man who beats his wife but has a sick child? Like what do you when he left it? <laughs> and, and back to Jason Jordan. <laughs> yeah. um, does he get Kurt Angle's music? Do, like is he going to be a, beside Kurt Angle? Well, like the gimmick was already Kurt Angle a Jace, you yeah, know? Yeah, sure. Like not to use the terminology of a podcast I currently despise. <laughs> yeah, you just did it. Uh, you just did but it. But like when you look at that new angle shirt that came out when he became the Raw GM yeah. with the big A on it, my first instinct was that looks like an American Alpha shirt. It does look like it. And it also kind of looks like an Austin Aries shirt. It looks exactly shirt. like the Austin Aries shirt. Yeah. But like a mix between the two of them. The the like Americana of Alpha and, like, the big A of double A. Okay. And, like, I don't know. Like, when I see people wearing it in the crowd, I always think that it's an American Alpha shirt. Well, then maybe there's something to that. I, But I, th- I think a lot of the expectation when he came in was, like, put this guy with American Alpha. Yeah, I think. Have him be their manager. Well, he said that outright when and he, outside of no, WWE. He wanted to do that, Yeah, too. he wanted to, like, come back and work with those guys. Hmm. Little did he know, it turned out, one of them was his he'd, son. He'd already done the work many yeah. moons ago. Son of a bitch. If you know what I'm saying. Well, we know he's premature, he, he so put, he probably just thought he didn't <laughs> throw the kid in, right? He put, he's been putting work and practicing his night moves years oh, and years boy. earlier. Oh, but boy. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we got a couple minutes left here. Uh, but, I'd uh, like to say that I really, as much as sometimes I'll shit on the WWE, and I think I do like this reveal more than you do, I thought it was really cool that they gave Corey a couple minutes at the end to actually explain why he would be involved. Yeah, What? okay, well, I'm on Raw, I get to see Kurt all the time, and if NXT, Jason Jordan and I around each other all the time, became something of a confidant to go between. It's little things like that, like those attention to details, which I feel like when wrestling is bad... They never do. And when wrestling is better, that consistent long-term storytelling, that explanation, the realism, that all helps But a then lot. I, it seemed like they were getting, like, threatening text messages. So was Jason Jordan, like, pissed off that he... Hopefully we find out. Like, I don't understand. Like, maybe J- maybe Kurt wanted to keep it a secret and that I, hurt Jason Jordan's feelings. Again, I feel like a lot of the early build does not make sense. Not from, like, a relationship standpoint. It all makes sense that way. But from, like, a pure content of what they were saying, what they were reading off the phone, what they were reacting to. However, having been critical of the reveal, I will say, and also, over the past couple weeks on this program, been very, very critical of Kurt Angle as an actor. Oh, yeah. I thought that the actual reveal promo that he cut (laughs) was, like, one of the best promos. I won't say one of his best promos ever because he's a masterful promo. Yeah. But easily the best thing he's done since he came back. Oh, he was easily. so comfortable on the mic, Josh, he's that he <laughs> actually said WWE Universe uh, in a in a legible way like a real Are you sure game. he did say WWE? He, he said WWE. I know. And, we, he, and it was such a genuine reaction that you thought <laughs> it was real. I did think it was real. And that's 15 minutes. Uh, 
yeah, and we'll go from there into uh, mailbag questions here where we can talk a little bit more about things that we thought were real, I suppose. It's letter time. It's letter oh, time. stop with the Nicholas Pickles. Ah, oh, that's just me doing a little fan pickling. <laughs> As we take a peek at the tweets. We didn't get any emails this week, did we? We did. We did? Yeah. The what? one got Jeremy who emails us. Jeremy. Uh, we got three questions this week, Justin. Okay. Uh, do you want me to read the first one to you? Sure. Okay. This one, I'll go to the email question. This one comes just from Jeremy. And I think this is an interesting question. I wonder if we're going to have a different answer. All right. Besides Brock Lesnar, who would you pick as the shoot toughest guy on the WWE roster? Shoot toughest. Yeah. Besides Brock. Yeah. So so Brock, we I think we probably would. Well, given that he was UFC heavyweight champion, yeah. let's say Brock is probably T- the toughest. Tough guy. For yeah, sure. He's not tougher than I either mean, of us. tapped out to eating too much meat and not enough vegetables. That's... But other than that, it's pretty tough. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> He couldn't beat up either of us. Yeah, but yeah. He tapped out to a plate of food. Yeah, I'd kill the guy that I think about it. <laughs> I eat meat all the time. I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. What a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd kick that guy's ass. Yeah, what it was. <laughs> um, but who would I not uh, You know I'm face? a jiu-jitsu blue belt, right? Yeah, yeah that'd of course. Be, yay, Brock. Come uh, on. Mm, I don't, I, <laughs> I'm inclined to give it to Braun, though I think the, oh. like, the more interesting answer is to go for like a pound-for-pound pound kind of guy. Yeah, let's do pound-for-pound, pound because, yeah, Braun would probably just toss people around like tiny babies. But uh, let, let, let's do a pound-for-pound pound situation. Uh, somebody smaller who I think is a lot grittier than they are given credit for. Honestly, this is not a small guy by any stretch of the imagination, but someone who I think has... Uh, just a, a very high pain tolerance. Oh yeah, who? who has taken some really nasty bumps, particularly onto ladders? Uh, Kevin Owens. I feel yeah. like he took the worst bumps in the Money in the Bank match. He definitely did. I feel like he took the worst bumps in last year's Money in the Bank match. Yep. I feel like he took the worst bumps in the WrestleMania ladder match he was in. He's yeah. been in a lot of ladder matches, even back to Ring of Honor, where he's taken some nasty spills onto ladders, and the guy just seems to pop up. Like nothing happened. Like yeah. honestly, he took some like such a bad fall onto a ladder in that Money in the Bank match that if that happened to me, I don't think that I would walk for like a month. Yeah, I'm sure you guys like you and I wouldn't. You know, uh, and yeah, like he is answer. definitely not somebody that you look at their body and be like, oh, what a tough guy. You know, no, even but he though does, he does give off a tough vibe more than other people with his body shape, I guess. But it's not like Joe where you look at Joe and he's a heavier guy and, and it's like, holy fuck, I would not want to run into yeah. that guy in a back alley or on a sidewalk or anywhere. It's just literally anywhere. <laughs> uh, like Kevin Owens, I'd look at him and I wouldn't say like, look at that slob or whatever because he's in better shape than I am. But sure. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't like feel threatened necessarily. Yeah. But I feel like he is a lot tougher than he gets credit for and he does take very nasty bumps a lot. So he'll be my pick. There you go. Uh, Samoa Joe came to mind for me uh, for sure, but... Something seems tough about the Drifter to me. He's big, he's jacked, plays guitar, cut open Finn Balor's head. I'm going to say the Drifter. The Drifter is your <laughs> toughest guy. No, I'm going Samoa Joe. I was just trying to not take the boring answer you uh, already okay. said. Yeah, no, Samoa Joe, like you say, he's thicker than a Snickers. He's a dense dude. Uh, but not in a way, like, I. it always baffles me when people look at Samoa Joe and are like, that fat guy. It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, like, I don't really know how to react to that because, like, Samoa Joe is heavier than I am. Yeah. But Samoa Joe also looks a thousand times more kick-ass than I do. Yeah. And, like... Despite me having flowers tattooed on me and pink tattoos. If you go out to a bar, like... Every week, basically. Which I do. Yeah. <laughs> what does your average bouncer look like? 
Yeah, that's a good point. He looks more like Samoa Joe than he does like... He's like a smaller, weaker version of Samoa Joe. Yeah, that's an interesting So point. if that's the person who's responsible for throwing unruly people out of bars, what do you think Samoa Joe can do? Yeah, you can probably throw some even some ruly people <laughs> into bars. <laughs> uh, you want to ask me one of these Twitter questions? Sure, I would love to. What is a ruly person? I have no idea. <laughs> I think everyone else who doesn't get kicked out of bars. They are ruly. Uh, this one comes to us from uh, Michael J. Foist, uh, Foist the Last, who asks, love that man. What is the silliest thing you ever believed was real in wrestling? Well, Justin teased it at the end of the last round. I literally brought up to our group of friends watching here last night <laughs> that I was like, wait, is Jason Jordan actually Kurt Angle's kid? Because Kurt was, like, crying for yeah, real. I, I just didn't believe Kurt's acting was good enough. <laughs> that, like, he he was, like, bawling his eyes. And I know that he has done things like this in the past. He but I him. said, even in the earlier backstage segment, when he was talking to Corey and was like, is this the right thing to do? Should I be revealing this? Like, what do you think? I, I said that, like, as much as I rip Kurt's acting for being atrocious throughout this entire angle, and we, like, the, the ad that played last week was just, like, a straight-up soap opera ad. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, as much as we've made fun of him for that, like, if you just mute your television and don't listen to these dumb words that he's saying that he clearly <laughs> doesn't believe, and you just look at his eyes... He's a really good actor, actually. Sure, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. his eyes sell every He's emotion that he guy. needs to sell perfectly. Very yeah. much. His facials, his eyes, like, yeah. His, like, non-verbal acting is excellent. It's just when you hear him speak and be like, um, oh, upset the WWE or whatever. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. I also have a side answer here insofar as, I don't know if this really counts about something I believed um, in terms of an event happening. Uh, but growing up, I genuinely thought Mankind was, like, a demented, like, they somehow harnessed this total weirdo to wrestle. And he's, like, pulling out his Someone hair Someone who, shit. like, came from an asylum or something. Yeah, I, I was too young to really yeah, know, I think, like... I honestly think I kind of believe that, too. Yeah, he seemed like a twisted, demented guy. Yeah. Uh, which says a lot that he was also my favorite wrestler. <laughs> but but th those would be my but answers. I, but I think when I was getting into wrestling, they had already, like, started to warm his character okay, a little yeah. bit from like the psycho that he was in earlier years like against the undertaker mm -hmm. or what have you yeah uh because i really got in after like wrestlemania 15 okay so you're probably a little too old to believe too many things were yeah like i was like 12 years old when i started watching wrestling so yeah. like i never it was never really on the table for me that this was a real thing that was not fake i knew it was fake I loved it anyways because it was like like comic books. What, you know, if yeah, you, you're, if you if someone's like, God, don't you know Spider Man isn't real? It's like, <laughs> of course, yeah. you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, <what> is, like, <laughs> I, I was so into pro wrestling as real as a kid. My dad's friend was very into Pride FC, the okay. MMA organization. Yeah, and I thought it was just. Japanese WWE like I thought it was just like it looked so different because in Japan people fought differently <laughs> that's, that's literally what I thought uh, I will say though my answer to this ties back to what we were talking about earlier with ECCW oh because when we were watching the wedding on Saturday night oh, yeah. uh, I felt that it was real <laughs> that's because it's not like the priest who like officiated things was such a great actor that he couldn't have no, been a like real a efficient. Yeah, you know, and I think he was. Uh, and I, we actually asked. 
I don't want to break don't kayfabe say it. Don't here. say it. Don't say it. No? Don't say it. Don't? No. All right. Well, we have a friend uh, at, who works at ECCW. Well, don't reveal. Don't say if it's real or fake. And he's not Xavier Galaxy because that guy's a heel and I hate him. Oh, no. And we're feuding forever. <laughs> We're going to feud forever. But uh, I felt like it was real because they really did get emotional. Yeah. And I also, you know, Scotty got rock bottomed through the wedding cake. Yep. But then afterwards, I saw a photo either on Instagram or Twitter of them eating their smushed cake. That was what, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, that was real. That was an actual wedding. That was was real. (laughs) That wedding was legit. And if if you're a real pro wrestling couple, like, wouldn't you want... That yeah. wouldn't you want your actual wedding ceremony to be Definitely. part of a show? Definitely. Especially like a show of that size. It's got, it was And like that is something that's some a, a night that you will never forget. Now, I put some feelers out. Yeah. Because I felt like a bit of a jabroni mark being like Oh, did you ask people? I think that was real. I did. And uh, what did you I said, was that a worked shoot wedding? And what did people say? And I was told that the actual ceremony that happened before the crowd was not real. So okay. when they signed those documents, those documents were not actually legally binding. Okay. But as soon as they got backstage after Christina's match against Nicole, there was actually a real priest who Aww. did marry them right then and there immediately. Well, congratulations to them then because so, those are both great people. So they actually did get married at the Commodore That's last funny. night. It just wasn't right in front of okay. us. Okay. Well, you're a mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this final question, Justin, comes from my dude, Blair Pachico. Pachico. Who asks? What are your favorite feel-good wrestling moments or matches? Uh, There's so many for me. Feel. I good feel good moments. all the time watching wrestling. Feel-good moments. They're rare, honestly, and that's really? why they really shine. Remember that so time brightly. Kurt Angle found out he had a son? That, that, wasn't, really, that wasn't really a feel-good moment. I was pretty, like, wow, it felt pretty, pretty good. stupid. That felt pretty good. Uh, I mean. <laughs> I've talked about this before. I kind of get a rush every time a woman wins the title, especially like one of the four horsewomen of yeah. NXT who's never won it before. Now, they've all won it now, so there's no moments like sure. that left. But like even when Becky won the SmackDown title, when Sasha mm. won the title for the first time, I cry when these things happen. You do. Because they cry also, and I can tell it's real for them. Yeah. Like, uh, and, like, and as a ladies' man, you are... But even like just, you know... I think with NXT, there's like a give and take of what is real and what's fake. More so than on the main uh, roster. Because like you do get stuff like Breaking Ground and like behind the scenes documentaries. Can we get more Breaking Ground, by the way? Where like you feel like you are along for the ride with these people's journeys mm-hmm. in real life. So when I see Sasha Banks win the title on Raw, and I know it's a work, and she knows it's a work, she's still worked her entire life to get that opportunity and it clearly means a lot to her and I am also seeing someone succeed at the highest level who I've been very invested in for yeah. a number of years so I get an emotional payoff from that as well that's not going to be my answer though oh okay uh, that was the longest non-answer I've ever heard yeah <laughs> I'm just thinking of like moments that yeah, jump man, out at there's me a lot. there's and, like, a lot the, the moments where I like cry from joy sure yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and like the number one is easily Daniel Bryan winning the title at WrestleMania 30 because that was just like everything about that plot line and, and having it be like the corporate odds are stacked against him. He's a B plus player. Like he's not who the company ever wanted based on some reality. That's all true. 
And like, and he was willed into that position by a fan base who refused to see anything but that. Mm-hmm. And as one of those fans who was chanting yes along the ride for that, and and was like disgusted with, uh, you know, the betrayal at the end of SummerSlam that year. Uh, you know, it felt like as a fan, I earned this moment mm. because not only not not only did Daniel Bryan earn it through being so incredible and such a personable everyman and just like the ultimate underdog who you can't help but root for. Like my heart is just attached to him as a wrestler in a way that I cannot explain why. You know, I really like the way you explain that. That's it's really just, nice. it's just like my, I chose him, and it's beyond my actual. Like, I don't actually have a choice in it. That's just who I Your love. Guy, yeah. And just to stack on a little bit, when he goes into the crowd to celebrate with Connor, who then now in hindsight ends up passing away. Yeah, along, it's pretty special. It was a just the whole celebration was incredible. But yeah, it felt like as a fan, even not only did this man earn this moment, but we earned it too because this is not something that the company ever wanted if we were not like demanding it right as well refusing to accept the status quo exactly very punk so rock, which, yeah. it, you know it felt like the fans winning over the company yeah and yeah. it's very rare that even in this so-called reality era you know when roman reigns has been in the main event of wrestlemania for three years in a row and you know we're just gonna keep being force-fed Roman Reigns, even if it's not necessarily what anyone wants, it feels very rare for the court of public opinion to win over Vince McMahon. So even more than Daniel Bryan winning the title, that's what that moment kind of symbolizes. And it's, yeah. it's extremely special to me as a wrestling fan. That's very tough to follow because that moment was the one that popped into my head for a lot of similar reasons, and you worded it better than I could have. But in a in a similar vein... Um, and I'm going to give a couple answers here, but the, the one that stands out in my mind for that sort of like, I was here with you, you're not supposed to be here, is uh, CM Punk beating Cena at the 2011 Money in the Bank and leaving out the crowd with the title. When he blows that kiss away, because you think, okay, so he pins Cena, a little bit of fuckery with uh, McMahon and Laurinaitis coming out there, but he pins, you go, oh my goodness, they did, this is my guy, and he's doing it, all this and then you see Vince say, get Del Rio out here to cash in, mm-hmm. and my heart went, oh. So this is how they're going to... Okay. And this was right after the pipe bomb, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, I think, two weeks after. So, again, it, they are are playing with you to make it feel real. That's right. And then Del Rio comes out, and you think, or at least I thought, with certainty, he was going to pin the exhausted one-hour match in CM Punk. But Punk lands that high kick and takes off. And I remember, I was sitting in this living room, jumped out of the couch. was just like... Yeah, we did it, baby! <laughs> like <laughs> it, it was so so powerful. But I, I'm a, I'm an emotional dude to begin with. I I I love watching wrestling. Wrestling's given me a lot of really really feel good moments. Uh, Mankind's first title win. That's uh, the biggest pop of all time. Yeah, that that really stands out. Austin's Ooh. music hitting and him just coming out and chair shotting everybody. Yeah, I think he just hits rock. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. But I um, that the moment his music comes on. It's until until mankind wins the belt, like everything from Austin's music hitting onwards, it's just a wave of energy in that crowd, and you could feel it at home too. Like it's the biggest pop of all time. Oh yeah, 
and, and like I, there's no way to measure how many people are freaking out at home watching along. But I would bet that that's the biggest at home pop of all time too. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and I'm gonna I'll close out with one other more recent moment where um, I Mick Foley's my favorite wrestler ever. I just brought him up there, but uh, his most recent GM run at the tail end of it when he's being just berated by Steph and Triple H, and you're no good anymore, you can barely walk, your body's destroyed. old man. Yeah, and they're just like this guy that I, you know, who I, is a role model to me, honestly, and like mm. somebody who I really care about. And he finally you have a is, cactus tattooed on your body. I do have like a tattoo dedicated to him. Uh, and when he finally, you just see that breaking point, and it's like the hardcore legend is still alive, and he whipped out Mr. Socko. I... I mean, that was electric. And you knew something was happening, too, because he'd already put Socko on. Yeah. And the crowd is going crazy. Just insane. So, like, something's coming. Yeah. And, and he turns around and fucking Socko's Triple H. It's one last time. And those guys have always had such good chemistry, too. And so that that's I probably... Think, I think they are each other's best opponent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... They That's fully... Foley just faced everybody a million. And he had good matches quite often with pretty much oh, everyone, are you kidding? too. Yeah, he's, he's an ace in the whole thing. But even, yeah, like, even yeah. when they feuded over the IC belt, they were good. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Without like Off the top of my head, I, I think that's right. Yeah. It's, and I think we were talking the other day about how rare it is for someone's best opponent to, to be the same be, guy. Yeah. Who was the example we had? I don't even remember. And with that, <laughs> that'll wrap up <laughs> this week's episode of Top Marks. I am Josh Custodio. <laughs> I am Justin Morrisette. I wish we could remember that. It was obviously something that was happening on Raw yesterday. Regardless, before we wrap up, Josh, oh, okay. I do want to ask something of the people. Because we are, like Stone Cold says at the end of every Stone Cold podcast, he's just a man. He doesn't have yeah. no marketing budget. Yep. He's just out there on his own creating mm-hmm. independent media. And that's bullshit because his show yeah, is filled with ads <laughs> and he's off. a fucking millionaire. Yeah. But you know no who really is? No hell yeah for you. Yeah, you know who really is a man of the people? Just a working man out here doing his thing. You so and me? So people can enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. And all we ask in return, I don't got no advertising budget. I don't got no street team. I want you, the listener, right now, if you enjoy this show and you know that there's someone out there who likes wrestling who might enjoy hearing us goof about it every week, tell them. Tell them on Twitter. Tell them in person. Tell them, tell them online. Do whatever you got to do. Spread the word about the pod because I think we're doing pretty well here. And and I want the people to know. I'm going to go even a step further. I expect more of the listeners, okay? I expect a whole lot. PayPal us money. No, no, no. If you could go leave a review, this weirdly helps the iTunes algorithm yeah. like more than it should. Rate uh, and review the show on iTunes if it, you're into that. And listen, listen. I'm going to break it down for them. I thought, hey. Break it down. I'm going to go. I'm not a technology guy. Keep it going, Justin. I'm not a technology guy. But I had nerves. All right, kill the music. That was great. I was like, okay, how hard is this to go? I don't want to ask people to do something that's difficult. Guess what? In your podcast app, if you use the Apple proprietary one, Click on the podcast, and there is a reviews tab. Yeah. It couldn't be easier. And you want to know something? I left myself a pretty good fake review on there. So did where, I. Where I comment on my looks. So go check that out. <laughs> I didn't comment on my own looks because I'm not a heel. Yeah. Well, wait, I'm, oh, I'm well. a true blue baby face, oh, come babe. On. Oh, come <laughs> on. I'm, I'm a great guy. Uh, but with that, 
I think you're right, though, Josh, to expect something more of the listeners because we know a lot about our listeners. We do. We know they're hot. Well, they're spicy. And they taste great. Because they're curry bears!